Hello, and thank you for joining us for our She Counts podcast. She Counts is a knowledge sharing and learning platform created to drive savings for low income women. I'm Adia Shea, your host, and I'm the Executive Vice President at Women's World Banking, a 40 year old global network of financial service providers. We've brought together institutions from around the world that are demonstrating best practices in driving savings for low income women. Through this series, you'll hear from the leaders of those institutions. You'll hear their personal stories, the work that they've been doing, and the learnings that they've extracted along the way. The hope is you'll find inspiration and learnings that you can apply in your journey to drive savings for low-income women. For this initiative, we thank the ExxonMobil Foundation for their funding support. ExxonMobil are promoting women as a catalyst for economic development. Okay, so welcome to episode three of our She Counts podcast. Episode three is entitled, Nothing is Too Little to Save, You Are What You Save. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Beatrice Mwambije, SME and Liability Senior Manager at NMB Bank Tanzania. NMB Bank is a full-service commercial bank providing a suite of financial services and products to retail customers, SME, corporates, institutions, and the government. NMB, founded in 2005, is the largest bank in Tanzania, ranked by branch network and customer base. It has over 220 branches and serves over 3 million customers with its 3,400 staff. Beatrice has over 10 years of experience within banking and financial services industry. She has a very strong background in the financial analysis, bank products and innovations. Equally important, and perhaps even more important to us, is that Beatrice is currently the champion of the Women's Banking Proposition at NMB. Good afternoon, Beatrix. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm very good, thank you. Now, I understand that you joined NMB in February 2013, which means you would have just celebrated your seventh year at the bank. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Can you, can you share, share with our, us and our audience a little bit about your background and how you got into banking, particularly liabilities and SMEs, as well as product development? I have a background in economics, and I started out my career in auditing, on the auditing firm. But that was uh, something that I did for three years, and it was not very exciting. So I, I moved to the banking world, and uh, I joined a product development team. I was in both the development of the product, but also looking at the actual customers on a day-to-day basis. That's how I joined. So this is our third podcast in the She Count series, and you bring a unique perspective. You're the first lady banker that we're interviewing. Could you give us a little bit of an indication of the challenges you faced at the beginning of your journey as a lady banker? Oh, <laughs> I will talk for hours, but <laughs> I would say number one is the time that you need to put into this because in product development for us, the testing and uh, the, we call it UAT and the live environment and the customer engagement takes a lot of time. So that balancing that and uh, family time, that was the number one challenge for me. Over those seven years, what would you say have been your successes and perhaps even more interestingly, uh, your failures? Well, I won't say anything is a failure rather than a learning experience. I like that. But the success has been when you see a product comes to life and people are starting using it and you're getting mileage and you get feedback and at times you're challenged to go back into the drawing board and do something. 
that has always been a success to me. Yeah, so I could name quite a few number of products that we did, inclusive product. For the first time in Tanzania, we roll out FunnyQ account, which is our, our first account for very small business, informal business. It was never there. It was a great time. I said in the introduction that you champion the women clients. You also champion working mothers at the bank. Um, and I've seen a quote in uh, 2019, last year's Mother's Day forum. You said, working mothers who are overwhelmed and think of quitting their career to take care of their children need to evaluate the situation first before doing so. Establish plans on how you can balance both career and family. How, how did you do that? Every once in a while, everyone should take a pause and uh, ask for help when they need to. My first overwhelming experience in the bank, the moving and how fast it is, is to quit and go back home. But then again, it needed uh, me to step out a bit of myself, I'll say, and look at what can I do at home and what can I do here? And what are the areas that really need support? Support system is everything in this work. Because I'll give you an example. In 2017, I got my third daughter. And that was the time I was told to champion the women proposition. And the initial meeting that I needed to attend was in South Africa. So it's a great career opportunity. But then again, I had a newborn with like with four months at the time. So I had to call in all guns that I could at that time. So my mom joined, my boss knew when and where and how to support. If I was talk about support, that's what I actually meant. So it could be a family member, it could be a co-worker, it could be actually be your boss. It depends on how you've managed to build up those relationships. But I believe if you take a pause and look at all the possibilities, and if you really want something, you can look for support system and walk around. That's great. Okay, so we're going to transition slightly to talk a little bit about the story on savings. So as you know, She Counts was directly an offshoot of a long-term research program conducted by the Center for Global Development. Our own uh, research showed that in developing countries, women save between 10 and 15% of their daily income. The evidence, therefore, is that women are inherent savers, yet most of them are forced to save in informal and unreliable ways. Majority of women, they still save at home, which is very, very difficult to, to track for us financial institutions, but then again, it's not very safe. What is 7% of women save at home, and more than 15%, they save through groups. Out of that, 18% of these women, they can't read and write. So through things like financial literacy that we actually talk to them how to and where to, this is an area we believe we have more room to grow because it has shown a success from the get-go. We, we hear often how if you tie sort of non-financial services to the financial services, you really do sort of double up your benefit in really helping your customers to... Uh, understand and to move forward it sounds like that's a perfect example of that it is it is that was one of the one of the reasons we we really took up this challenge with she counts and in, invited yourselves and a couple of other players in to really come with us on this journey i remember one of the pieces that was very interesting about nmb as a commercial bank you thought in a way that was slightly different to most commercial banks so i see there's a, a post on your linkedin page that says nothing is too little to save if you make it your habit, you will be surprised by your fortune after a while. You are what you save. That's amazing, especially for a commercial bank, because that's 
unusual for commercial banks to think in that way. This is actually a slogan that we use in our business clubs that we run throughout the country. And it was a result of us seeing how uh, built up small business can do, the potential we saw, the money that we saw coming in. This is one of those slogans that we use, but we showed the customers bits by bits how to build up your account for different purposes. So we will come in and demonstrate how much different income earners, how much they can save and how much they will have in like a year or so. So we use different scenarios and everywhere we're going because we have 36 business clubs across the country. So everywhere we're going, we'll use that slogan and then try to tailor-made to that environment and get audience to speak for themselves how much they make per month on average and how much after everything, how much is remaining because they work that way. Whatever remains is what you can save. If they can really save that on a month-to-month basis, how much it will be after a year. And we saw the, the benefits of it. We, we, we believed it will work for everyone else without their hearing it. So that, that message really resonated with the business clubs and then you spread that same message beyond that because well, it would work, yeah. Yes. The business clubs, can you tell us a little bit more about those? So the business clubs are a platform for our customers. They initially started out for only business customers. Anyone with an account with an MB business account will have a forum to network, to hear about banks' products, but then again, get financial literacy. So now we have business club for women where they will do, uh, they will exhibit their products, get into focus group and discuss issues. They usually choose a, po- a topic. In the next business club, we'll share more details of the topic. We'll train on the topic in an, an extensive way for them to use. We actually have quite a number of testimonies of our customers because in this business club, we usually have a, a woman who has been with us for more than five years and above. So I'll talk about it with the current one that I've managed to make an impact on, the ones who managed to open up uh, what we call Fanikiwa account or uh, a very light business account. So our government identify anyone who pay tax out of their businesses, whether informal or informal, as a business. But financial institutions, we were not identifying those as businesses. So these guys were not getting any loans because they were too informal. So we took the approach of using the same identification the government use, which is tax receipt. They pay for their, we call levy or market tax. And we use that in the place where they don't have business license. There's more than one case, which after getting that identification and after operating an account for two months with us, we were able to give these women and these this customers a loan. Yes, we have quite a number of people who started with a loan of 500,000 TZS, which is like $200. And now they are taking 50 million Tanzanian shillings, which is 20,000 USD. If that has to be in the, not less than three years because this person needs to graduate. Again, you had a, something that was developed for one part of the business, but then you expanded that to serve the women. Have you found that that's driven the savings? That has driven uh, savings. It has driven quality loans because we train close to 15,000 men and women and 60% of that is women. And that's why we thought we should have specific business class for women. And out of that, these women, they will learn about how to do their daily planning. How can they put down a simple application to a bank? How can they use the, the now money transfer mobile banking easier? 
in Tanzania, six out of 10 women do not own a phone. And in East Africa, I believe by now you guys know the money market is driven through the mobile operators. Mm-hmm. Right. So she counts. Yes. You participated in the She Counts workshop entitled Effective Practices in Product Bundling that Drive Savings. That was last year in Singapore. Uh, Do you remember we had this design sprint that included the customer journey mapping and identification of key barriers to awareness, activation, usage, and retention along the customer journey? So so how how did you incorporate the needs and the savings behavior of women into your solutions? First of all, that was a very, very great experience for me and for the bank because we had quite a number of takeaways with the incorporation of the, what I've learned there. Number one, it's, a, it's an outreach. So we went back and looked at our outreach and how best we can use. We have more than 5,000 agents, 220 branches, and a countless number of ATMs. We also looked at uh, how best can we improve our financial literacy in the clubs and the forums. Because the thing that I learned and something that I needed to go back and look at is the customer journey. Addressing the point from onboarding all the way, uh, one, one of the things that we had to get it right is the financial literacy. Uh, the customer needs to be aware of uh, what's going on in the industry, financial industry, what best products and services, how best this person can use them. So to me, those were the takeaway. With those takeaways, what actions have you actually taken since then? The number one takeaway is the customer journey. We look at the customer from account opening all the way to usage and retention. We have more than just a front face, the relationship manager. We have customer service, which have a call center to follow up with the calls and service alert for different, different customers. I came back with, and I'm proud to say that we've incorporated a number of SMS alerts, identification of pain points at the branch level. We've also managed on a monthly basis to do analysis on what and where the pain points of the customer at different stages. What sort of results have you seen so far? So, first of all, I should also mention that we're launching our market proposition, women market proposition on 6th of March. Okay, so we'll, we'll see after International Women's Day, we'll see the launch and we'll see a much better or much more uh, soundly structured product and process off the back of all the learnings and the takeaways that you, you got from Singapore. Okay, that's great. That's, that's fantastic. From my experience in Singapore and a lot of learnings that we have done, and this comes to the women market proposition, is it is more than just one product. It's how we handle the entire value proposition for women. Now we have a better way in handling a woman all the way from inception to the life of our journey with us. So yeah, we're excited. And you talked about the learnings from Shikant. And in that workshop, in that forum, we had a number of cohort members that were with you. Were there any members that really impressed or inspire you more than others? And could you tell us why? Uh, I will talk about Mountain 10. From uh, Senegal, yes. Their approach to saving groups and what they're actually doing, their work they're doing, it's quite of interest to us. And we even had some few talks to in the beginning and but what they, the, the work they are doing, it's something that we've been trying to do in Tanzania for a long time. What they have, the merry-go-around system they have, they've managed to fine-tune it. And I've come to realize you need, from time to time, you need a third party. In this case, it's people like Mortantine who are the fintechs to help you in your 
main agenda without getting you outside of your agenda. So yeah, those, those, those are the guys who uh, I would still like to hear more from. That's really interesting because we've been traveling the world, meeting potential network members, meeting network members, and this story of partnership, it just comes up over and over again. Where previously people perhaps were afraid of the fintechs as, as competition, what I'm hearing now much more in my conversations with network members, with financial institutions, and with fintechs in them, themselves is much more this story of partnership. And as you said, partnership that keeps you in your agenda, not necessarily taking you out of your agenda, but brings some real different value. Yes, I agree with you, Adam, because we've been like someone who has been in the development side you will develop a product in which at times the business case does not make sense because of the, the investment that you need to do. But if you can find a third party who is specialized in that area, it actually gives you more energy to go on with this product because everybody will hear you and your business case will make sense. It makes total sense. So we've talked about the past. We've talked about you joining the bank seven years ago. We've talked about last year at Singapore and some of the key takeaways. Let's uh, switch a little bit and start looking at the future, what are you most excited about with the future developments at NMB? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually excited about the upcoming women market proposition. I'm actually excited about, there's a work that we are, we've started doing with WWB. You guys are coming in to help us assess our market proposition and see how best we can offer in the future. But I'm also excited about the digital development in the country. We have this Tanzania instant payment system coming up which will be a fastest and an efficient way to operate all the mobile and financial institution payment systems. We're talking about more than 80 million transactions, 2.8 trillion volumes, and that was 2018. So yeah, the, the future is exciting. It's digital. Oh, that's fantastic. The future is bright. And what about uh, anything on the agenda that's really focused on staff? Oh yeah, we, we also have something exciting internally. We have, uh, we have what we call gender diagnostic exercise, which needs to be done. Uh, we're looking at the outcome of it, which will give us a stepping stone of the direction that we want to take in. We can't have what we, have, we call Women Arise. This is an, an internal staff initiative where staff could, uh, we have a platform to get information about what gender equality means in our workplace and what access do women have and mentorship opportunities for anyone who wants mentorship. But that needs to go to another level. It has done quite a bit. But now we need to really do a professional and a certified gender diagnostic analysis where we'll be able to know where to add and what to leave out. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that one. That's great. And are you, you championing that as well? No, that is under human resource. Okay, because that's quite a lot for one person. I was actually sitting there thinking, wow, how many of you are there? Yeah. <laughs> um, in Singapore, I remember you asked th this burning question, how to increase relevance on an already developed market proposition. Do you think you found the answer? Yes, we did. And the answer is, I will go back to, it's a customer journey, needs to be done correctly. The importance of the customer journey is just stands out there, right? Well, Beatrice, time flies when you're enjoying a conversation. I don't know where it all went. Uh, I think I will ask you one final question before I let, let you get back to work. If you've got one piece of advice to give to our listeners as to how to make savings work for women, what would it be? 
Well, my advice will be either will be making the woman the center of point of your product or service or proposition. Always keep her the challenges, her challenges, our goals, our needs in the driver seat of your solution. That makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. Beatrice, thank you so much for so much for spending the afternoon with with me and sharing so openly and so freely for our listeners. Listeners, we appreciate your insights. Uh, as, as I said at the beginning, you you bring a, a unique point of view, so it's fantastic to hear about uh, what's happening both for your customers but also for your staff at uh, at NMB. Beatrice, thank you so much again. Thank you, Ade. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening to the She Counts podcast. Our team includes Hill Laxon, Freya Ishan, and our producer, Jessica Bodyford. If you want to know more, please visit our website at womensworldbanking.org. Let us know what you took away from this episode by commenting on iTunes or wherever you enjoy your podcast. Join us for the next episode and together, let us make savings work for women because she counts.